Hey guys, welcome to Base Camp Week 6. We are uh, halfway through this program, so hopefully you're starting to feel the benefits and seeing that there's some fitness gains that you're beginning to make. Hopefully you're beginning to get a feel for the way that my programming works and how that lines up with the three spe special days of the week, the quality day, the speed economy day, and the long run. Hopefully you've gotten yourselves into a position where you feel comfortable with the weekly volume that you're running on the other days. Your weekly volume has been increasing each week, little by little by little. I've given you a lot of flexibility in the way that you build it up. But if you have any questions about that and how it lines up, and if you have any specific questions at all about how the training program proceeds and how you implement it on your own um, in your specific way in your neck of the woods or in the busy schedule that you've got for yourself that you have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis and a week-by-week -week basis, then reach out. Um, the Facebook, that's what the Facebook page is for. It's been pretty quiet over there. Thanks to those of you who are already using it. Um, but it's meant as a resource for you to ask questions or get clarity. Um, I don't use it as a place to actually uh, give you more and more content. I feel like it's a place for you all to create your own content through asking questions. And myself and the other moderators that are over there are there to help you and provide um, insights and help in any way that they can. So that's all I've got in terms of um, initial things. So let's just jump right into the week. This week we have, um, for our quality workout, we have a hill series. This is a continuation of the hill training that we are going to be doing throughout this program. We did hill repeats in week four. We're doing a hill series this week. Um, in another two weeks we do hill repeats again, and then near the end of the program we add a last series section. So um, please refer to week four for the basic primer on hills and the way to approach them generally. I'm not going to go into that here. So if you are listening to this and wondering what the heck, uh, how the heck to handle hills or what to do with it, I give you a pretty extensive initial recommendations and initial um, ways of managing hills. So please go back and listen to that. That way I don't have to spend time re covering the ground again. Now, I will give you some reminders and such, but basically listen to that so make sure that you've got the basics down, okay? So the reason that we're going to, so we've got a hill series this time instead of doing hill repeats. And the reason for this is to begin to, a better, to get a better ability to manage and control your efforts on both the uphill and the downhills, uh, portions of a hit series of hills. When you run hill repeats, the hill kind of gets broken up into two different portions, the uphill and the downhill, obviously. Um, that's just the nature of doing repeats. There's a tendency to work hard going up the hill, then you turn around and you come back down it, and it's broken into two sections. However, when you run a series of hills, the hills becomes one single entity. Both the uphill and the downhill sections and the way that you approach them will, will play a huge part in the, the difficulty of the hill and how much effort you have to put into doing them. The, a hill series also links things. Rather than it being a series of repetitions, it's a linkage of a series of things going through. So um, these hills are usually varying terrain, um, not the same distance, not the same length, not the same um, uh, level of pitch or uh, yeah, level of pitch or percentage of um, of climb or any of that. It, there's a it's a wide variety. It comes at you as it comes at you, both the uphills and the downhills, and you have to try to find your way with it. You have to find the right balance for your body's body position, for the amount of effort that you push on the uphill, 
for the way that you body position and how much effort you place on the downhill. And then what you do in between the hills in terms of if there's a little section of flat or a, or a long section of flat between the two hills or three hills or four hills that you choose in your hill series that you are able to manage and get back into a comfortable and steady rhythm on those as well. So for this series of hills, we'll be adopting the same approach we took with the hill reps, okay? So you're just going to run up and down the hill. Don't focus on running hard or fast. Don't focus on running easy or slow. You don't need to run at any specific pace or effort. Just try to run the uphills and downhills as smoothly and as relaxed as possible. That's the key, okay? Now, of course, there will be some challenge as you're running uphill, and of course, it'll feel a little bit easier when you're running down when you're running down the hill in terms of your need to push off and, and put effort in. However, for some people, the downhills are a bigger challenge because they've got to figure out how to keep from pounding. All of that is part of this series. We want you to have to go through a variety of challenges and a variety of different experiences and then start to work your way through them. And then utilize the Facebook page to ask questions or bring up points or whatever you need. We'll be really paying attention this week to what specifics you found out about the hill. And the differences between your hills will play a huge part of that. So how do you select a hill series? That's a great question. You have a ton of room for creativity here. Um, or you can just use a series of hills that's in your neighborhood or around your workplace. Um, generally, what we're looking for is about one to two miles of a warm-up and cool-down on a flat section, if possible, and then one to two miles of hills run in a series. <clears throat> now, for those of you who are getting your mileage up a little bit, if you want to add to it, I wouldn't add too much more to your warm-up and cool-down. I would add a little bit to your hill series, okay? Um, you can run out and back on a hill, on a series of hills, or you can make a loop that has a few hills in it that you can link together. You can add as much order as you would like, or you can allow as much chaos as you would like to, to show up to see just and see just what shows up in the middle of the run. Okay. But it's a reminder. We're not looking for very steep hills that will require you to walk up them. Of course you do. If you do have to walk, that's all right. It's okay. But you shouldn't try to add any additional difficulty to this session by making an extremely challenging route. We're trying to learn how to modulate our efforts and we're trying to learn how to handle both our efforts, our paces, and our body mechanics based on whether you're running uphill or you're running downhill. We don't want to add any more additional stress to the situation. All right? So again, body positioning is key. Pay attention to what's happening. A few pointers. Don't lean into the uphill. Don't lean back into the downhill. These are two absolute mistakes that people make. Just try to keep yourself tall and straight up and down. Okay, what I like to tell people sometimes is to consider that you've got a thread that goes down through the top of your cranium, connects in at your at the verte top vertebrae up near your top of your head and your neck, and then it winds down your vert vertebrae all the way down, going threading in between each one. And that way, if I pull on the top of that thread at the top of your head, and I pulled up, all of your um, vertebrae would go click, 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 climb up tall. Right now, I just pull your whole body up tall. Of course, when you're running a hill, you'll want to lean in a little bit, and it's normal to lean a little bit, but you don't want to lean too much because as soon as you lean your shoulders or your head forward, your butt will pop out. Okay, we want to stay tall. The same thing happens on the downhill. People want to lean back in the downhill, and then their heel strikes and they come down really hard. They, there's more pounding associated with leaning back when you're going down a hill than there is if you just stay tall. All right. But again, this will be idiosyncratic. Each of you are going to have your own individual experience. 
based on your current fitness, based on the way you run hills and downhills, based upon the hill series that you choose, based upon the paces that you run when you run them. There are so many variables that play in. That's why I love this workout. It's a great opportunity for you to start to play a little bit with what's going on with your body. Um, give yourself a, something to focus on with a quality day. It's not just an easy run. Um, it's throwing a series of hills in there, which will require you to adapt and to think through and to process your running in a way that um, is beneficial and helpful to you. And then you can ask questions on the Facebook page to allow yourself to get some um, other feedback about things that you learned or questions that you have. Whatever you post is great. So, all right, that's our quality workout for this week. Moving on to the speed economy session. This week's speed economy session is the classic 200 meter interval distance. So we're gonna do four to six by 200 meters. 200 meters is a half of a lap on a standard track. And you're gonna do a 200 meter jog, pitter pat easy jog between them. That would mean that each one of these, the 200 at the faster pace and the 200 at the easy pace would, if you were doing it on a track, constitute one full lap on a standard track. Of course, you can do this on the roads if you choose to. Just make sure that you get your distance set, okay? This is a speed economy session that I'm all right having you do on a treadmill if you choose to. So if you need to use a treadmill, that's fine. Just make sure that you get it dialed in. 200 meters is long enough for you to be able to manage um, that you don't have to change gears too much on a treadmill, all right? So I love these because they require a little bit of endurance, but they don't overtax the system. And when you combine them with that 200 meters of easy jogging, they're an excellent way to extend the out the speed element of your training and not and without having to develop without going into the anaerobic system and inducing lactic, lactic accumulation, which is what we're really trying to avoid in the process of this base building phase. But again, I'll go back to the initial episodes where I talked about I don't really think it's important to completely avoid altogether lactic. We're just trying not to allow it to accumulate, to accumulate, okay? In most programs, I would give my athletes 5K paces for these intervals. So you might that take, take that into consideration if you're someone who is already, um, who's building back into running and that you feel like you have an idea of what um, 5K pace has been for you in the past, or at least what 5K effort is. That's what we're looking at. But if you haven't um, done don't have that idea because we've not been using any paces in this program. I recommend you start these out a little slower than what your strides pace has been because you don't want to overextend yourself. So start off a little slower than what you've been doing your strides on. You guys did 100 meter builds last week. Maybe you start your 200 at the pace that you started your first little bit of that 100 build at, okay? After two reps, if you feel like the pace is manageable, maybe you can go a little bit faster. You want to keep track of the pace that you're running on these because we'll be doing this session again in a few weeks and you'll be able to compare your results. Again, a reminder that the recovery is a very easy pitter-pat jog. And again, another reminder, you can do this on the track or you can do it on the roads, whichever works best for you, all right? All right, that's our speed economy session for this week. Again, four to six times 200, your standard 15 to 20 minute warm up and cool down for this. Of course, if you're building this into your easy run day, you're just going to do your easy run. You can actually have this be at the end of your easy run should you choose to do it that way. You don't need to have a cool down after these 200s. They're not long enough to require that. 
All right, moving into our long run for this week. So for our 30, well, we've got a new, let me go into this new concept first. So the first thing I want to talk about is all of you are, um, should be reinforcing a distance that you've run before. I think our longer distance, our 50 to 60 mile per week crew is doing a 10 to a 12 to 14. Um, they have that option. But we're trying to hold our distance up this week because we're going to add a new element. It's called a close. So a close is a fast finish. It's finishing fast in the final minutes of your long run, okay? Fast, I'm putting air quotes around. I don't want you to focus on running super fast. It's just closing out the long run. Some other programs will call this a fast finish, which is where the word, kind of where the term fast comes in from. I don't really like to use fast so much. I like to say close. So you're closing that run down. These are designed to allow you an opportunity to start to push a little bit on the long runs. By controlling the amount of time that you push the effort or the pace faster, we allow you to dip your toe into the waters of the quality long run, or a QLR. The QLR is a fundamental aspect of my training program. These are long runs with workouts built into them. And they're used for the athletes training for all races, but they play a particularly important part of a half marathon and a marathon program. Another reason that I began to include closes in my program is because my athletes began running too hard on their long runs, whether by pushing early in the runs or making an effort too fast by and making the effort too fast, or by racing others near the end of the run and making um, the effort way too hard. It's critical to remember that the hard part of your long run is in the extension of the distance. Let me reiterate that. That is something we've been talking about all along. There haven't been quality parts in your long runs to this point because we've been continuing to extend your distance. And that's where the hard part comes from, going further than you've gone before. In this run, though, we are holding at the distance that we've run already, and then we're closing out that long run to start to get a little bit of an increase in pace. So how do you close? We're going to do 10 minutes of a close. So this means at the very end of your run, you want to guesstimate where you think you'll finish. And about 10 minutes from being finished with your run, you want to pick the pace up. Okay, how do you pick the pace up? You started from easy. You just pick it up just maybe five seconds a mile, maybe 10 seconds a mile. And hold that for a little bit, maybe for a minute or two, and then pick it up a little bit more. Maybe hold that for a minute or two, pick it up a little bit more. Hold that for a minute or two. When you get to the point where you feel like, ooh, this is kind of hard, there's a little bit of a challenge, hold it and just hold there. Just hold on to that and finish the run out. If you've overcooked it and you've gone a little fast, it's okay. Just back off a little bit, keep it at a little bit of a harder effort, and close that run out. The idea here is to get on top of the end of your run, put yourself in a mindset where you're finishing the run strong and learning to do quality workout in a long run. Again, this really helps you because you'll think, oh, gosh, I've got to close at the end of this run. I'm going to run really much easier for the initial first few miles of the run to be sure that when I'm ready for the close, I push it out. Typically, my program has a 20 to 30-minute close, but that's for my athletes that are more advanced level. This is the first close, and so we're only going to do 10 minutes for it this time. The close shows back up again, and we'll go 15 to 20 minutes on it when we've extended our distance a little bit more. All right? Cool. So one thing I want to remind you is you can't get fast and strong at the same time without really flirting with injury or overtraining, okay? So what we're doing here is trying to control the fast efforts and make sure that everything else is very easy, all right?
Okay, moving on to the fundamental concept for this week. This week's fundamental, paying attention. I know that I always say that all of these, each of these fundamentals is one of the most important ones. This one really is to me. It's a concept I'm still working on. Uh, here I am 40, what, 44 years into my running career, 20 plus 25 years of coaching, and uh, I'm still working on how to appropriately um, communicate the idea of paying attention and how I actually function with it and utilize it and pay attention myself to my body. So I used to call this listening to your body, but that only uses one sense. And we've got so many different sense perceptions. I think at this point in time, the uh, cognitive scientists are telling us that we have somewhere in the vicinity of 12 or 14 different sensing organs. Um, if you use, you know, I obviously eyesight, Eyes, ears, nose, taste, um, hearing, uh, your skin, but there's also proprioception, interoception, all these other forms of sensing, sensing organs. And um, this idea of paying attention or listening to your body uh, is so crucial and so key to developing as a runner. The primary point is to just create a dialogue. I think that this part, of, this part of paying attention cannot be overstated. You're not going to get it right, and you absolutely can't get it wrong. Okay, You can't get it right in the sense that you're not going to be able to sense with every one of your sense organs all at one time and have them all online immediately. In fact, that's not even evolutionarily beneficial. That's not fitness. We highlight key sense organs at key times to try to help us pay attention. But what happens when we run is we start paying attention to only one or two sensory products, uh, parts of our body. And what we're trying to do is to bring as many of them online as possible, or at least to filter through and go through as many of them as you possibly can. How do you do that? First of all, you just start listening. You just start paying attention. Is your breathing? Where's your breathing at? How's it moving? Is it up and down? Is it in a rhythm? Is it out of control? Control your breathing. How are your feet sounding when they hit the ground? Are they flapping and popping and slapping? Or are they or can you barely hear them and they're really light and soft on the ground? What do you smell while you're running? Do you smell anything? Sometimes when I'm doing hard intervals, maybe even in your hill series, you'll get a taste of blood in your mouth, that just a taste of iron, which is a hard effort that comes up. Sometimes for some reason we taste iron. What is your proprioception? What's happening on the road in front of you? Are you paying attention to that? What signals is your body sending? Does your finger send a signal? Is your toe sending a signal? Is your ankle giving you a no, no, some notice? Is you got a side, Do you have a side stitch? Is your hamstring giving you a little bit of an issue? Do you feel some pain in your knee? What's happening with that? We're all trained when we do physical activity to ignore our bodies. This is absolutely the least efficient way to gain fitness and to become a better runner. The best thing you can possibly do is to start creating a dialogue between you and your body. Listen to the signals it sends. You are your body. 
I don't know if you've noticed, but your brain is in your body. And so the thing that does all this sensing, all these sensing organs, all these sensory aspects are in your body. Now, there's a question of whether the mind is in the body. Now, that's a very big question for neuroscience um, and consciousness studies and spiritual studies. But I believe that you have a running mind. You have this extrasensory perception that happens when you're running that allows you to stay in contact with what's going on in your internal organs, in your internal breathing, in your internal experience of running. And I want you to be able to pay attention to the external physical bodily responses and the internal psychical, spiritual, should I say, aspects of what's going on with your body. The longer you run, you'll tap into more and more of that idea of the spiritual. And it could just be that the endorphins start pumping and you feel a lot better. But there's something mystical that sort of happens where there's a dissolution of this strong sense of self that you spend um, continuing to empower and embody and make stronger. And that sort of gets sloughed away when we run, especially as we run further and further or run further and faster. And we begin to recognize the interconnection of all things, the interconnection between us and our breathing, and that means us and our body, and then our body moving through space, which puts it in nature, even if you're in the middle of a city. So all I'm asking for you to do is to pay attention and to bring paying attention to one of the most important and critical aspects of any training program that you do. I like to say that running is a movement practice. And because it's a movement practice, it's something you want to practice. And that doesn't mean just putting one foot in front of the other. It means listening to the signals that your body is sending, paying attention to what's going on with that signaling, and making decisions as you go along on the road, whether to run easier or faster, push it harder, or go slower, go longer, or shorten the run, whatever the case may be. So this is a really critical and crucial part of your running. But again, you can't do it wrong. Just start paying attention. Just start paying attention with every sense organ you can conceive of. And then if you're curious, get online and do, some, do a little Google search for ways we perceive or sense organs in the body. And you'll be surprised at all the different ways that we gain intel on our experience in this world. And we want to utilize as many of those as we can when we think about our running. All right? Well, Godspeed, y'all. Have a great week six. I'll catch up with you next week.